0: So tonight we're looking at Delighting in God in chapter 4 of the Bible study. And I just want to take a look at my notes here because I think I was studying through the hand <laughs> instead of my notes. This this whole Israel thing has me all upset because we have very, very, very dear friends there. And one of them, she contacted us the day they started dropping bombs the first day, that morning, she sent us an email and she recorded the bombs and the air sirens going off and stuff. And she was sending us every day updates, but we haven't heard from her in three days, and that's not like her, so it's like, where is she? So I got that on my mind, and we have another couple that is in, Retired from the army that I'm sure they've got called back up. They contacted me two days ago I I figured let me go through messenger and see if I could contact them and They've been in touch. So they're Just thanking everyone for the prayers really thanking everyone. So So between that and then I had you know, I was my class. I was doing my class I was like, okay, and then I totally got sidetracked and it's like, okay, Lord, what do you want to say tonight? and I am going to go to my handout because I really sensed that we were supposed to go through Nehemiah once. So let me just pray again. Lord, I'm so thankful for your Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Your Holy Spirit and your Word always prepares us for what lies ahead jesus you told us what to expect peter told us what to expect in the days that we are living in and these things should not take us by surprise but they do catch us of god lord just like the israeli soldiers they were they were asleep at the wheel and the enemy came in and there's so many spiritual lessons to what is going on over there i mean the lessons are just it's amazing to me the spiritual lessons to all of this but i pray that we would take heed to what you're saying lord and that we would take this time serious lord i know it's your desire that we delight in you lord as we read in this bible study and we see throughout the bible how many times you just wanted your people to know you and and you wanted to give yourself to know but they kept choosing other things they kept turning away from you and you sent prophet after prophet after prophet and then you sent jesus to try to get israel to turn back to you But you see how we stiffen our necks. We're just as bad. I mean, we look at the terrorists and really I think about what they've done and look at what we do here in America to our babies. You made that so real to me today. We're just as guilty. We're just as guilty. So I pray you would help us to delight in you. So we would walk in the way you want us to walk in this hour that is very desperate in jesus name we pray amen so i don't know how many here might be going through the ministry of intercession with andrew murray alongside with this bible study but he had in one of his chapters he said my god will hear me He said, think of God in his infinite majesty, his altogether incomprehensible glory, his unapproachable holiness, sitting on a throne of grace, waiting to be gracious, inviting, encouraging you, encouraging me to pray with his promise, call upon me, and I will answer thee. Think of yourself in your nothingness and helplessness as a creature, in your wretchedness, in your transgressions as a sinner, in your feebleness and unworthiness as a saint, and praise the glory of that grace, which allows you to say boldly of your prayer for yourself and others, my God will hear me, and we sang that Waymaker. even when i don't see it you're working even when i don't feel it you're working you never stop he hears our crying he hears our prayers especially if we're praying according to his will my god will hear me he hears us think of how you are not left to yourself and what you can accomplish in this wonderful intercourse with God. God has united you with Christ. In him and his name, you have your confidence. On the throne, he prays with you and for you. On the footstool of his throne, you pray with him and in him. And we've looked at that past few weeks. His worth and the Father's delight in hearing Him are the measure of your confidence. Did you get that? His worth and the Father's delight in hearing Him are the measure of your confidence, your assurance of being heard. There is more. Think of the Holy Spirit the Spirit of God's own Son sent into your heart to cry, Abba, Father, and to be in you a spirit of supplication. When you know not what to pray as you ought, think in all your insignificance and unworthiness of your being as acceptable as Christ himself. Think in all your ignorance and feebleness of the spirit, make an intercession according to God within you and cry out, what wondrous grace. Through Christ, I have access to the Father by the spirit. I can, I do believe it, God will heal me. And you believe that, especially in this hour that we're living in, especially as we intercede for Israel. We know God hears us. We know he hears us. And we need to be praying for our leaders. We need to be praying for them as well. Because it has not been said yet, but the fact that we are helping Israel. We've entered into war. We have warships there. We're sending more. But God hears us. And we need to know that. Especially in these days that we're living in. We need to know that. He hears us crying out to him. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. On page 25 of the Bible study, Cynthia Heald writes, if I delight myself in the Lord, he will give me the desires of my heart. What a great verse, what a wonderful promise. If I truly love God and tell him the desires of my heart, then I will have whatever I want. Isn't that what the verse says? Deborah (laughs) (laughs) I just realized she's not here this would have been good for her if it is then why doesn't it work Mm -hmm. at least he should grant my good godly desires this is a question that I have struggled with for a very long time as many others what does this verse really mean how does my delighting ensure that god will grant my desires it is essential that we consider how to become women of prayer and we understand what it means to delight ourselves in the lord and god wants us to delight in him because everything is being shaken and it's going to keep being shaken we thought COVID was enough, 2019, right? We thought that was a great shaking. Since then, there's been shakings and, shakings and shakings and shakings and shakings and shakings and shakings. I feel bad, I was telling Josh earlier for the people in Afghan, Afghanistan, they've had major earthquake, another one. They're not getting any... Airtime on it no. and 2,000 over 2,000 people have died or trapped under rubble there's houses and in, in just but what if that happens here they have nothing these people have nothing these people running for their lives in Israel that are losing everything Palestinians same thing God's is being completely destroyed. But those that have God, they have him in the midst of that. And this is reality. I know it's sobering, but it is reality. And this is why the Lord's always saying, delight yourself in me, delight yourself in me. Because he's the only thing no one can take away from us no one can take him away from us unless we just walk away from him and say so prayer preparation this week is amy carmichael we know that she fell into a pit could not walk prayed for healing for years never received healing And if you never read her story, I would encourage you to read her story. It's called A Chance to Die. And Amy Carmichael, she prayed this prayer, which we should ask the Lord to. Thou which I know not, teach thou me. Who, blessed Lord, teacheth like thee? Lead my desires that they may be according to your will. This comes from a woman that prayed, and people would pray over her that she would walk again. And she didn't. But God used her mightily, I'm sure. Olivia can give a little story about Amy Carmichael, since she's reading a bunch of missionary books. Good for you, girl. You keep going. You're on the right pathway by reading those books. So what we look at in the first point, our delight, in God God wants us to delight in him. And in Nehemiah 1, verses 1 through 11, I'm going to go through 1 through 11. Just look at the similarities here. Where do I want to start? I don't have it on your handout, but it's if you open your Bible, if you have your Bible, you could follow along that way. But this was... Uh, I'll start from verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of... Hakalah. it came to pass in the month of Shilev in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And this is referring to the time when they were taken into exile. They were captive in um, Babylonian Empire for 70 years. They were taken captive, the men of Judah. We did a Bible study on that once here. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity and the providence are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and his gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and I wept, and I mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant which I pray before you now day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though some of you were cast out to the farthest parts of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling place for my name. Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand, referring to when God brought them out of Egypt Egypt through the Red Sea. Seemed like an impossibility. The Egyptians wanted to annihilate them. Whenever you look at the Bible, you see how many times they, people wanted to annihilate them. And here Nehemiah ne- is, is praying this prayer to God, knowing God will hear him. He prayed this prayer knowing God would hear his prayer. Even though Israel, well I say Israel, his people Judah, would be, they were divided, the northern and the southern kingdom, they were stiff-necked and rebellious. He still prayed for them. O Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, referring to the king that was on the throne at that time. So what we see, Nehemiah is a Jew serving as a cupbearer, the king of Persia, which is in Syria. That's where Esther was. I was telling Jeff the other night, I was watching the ambassador for the United Nation, uh, for Israel speaking at the United Nations, and his speech before the United Nations, I felt like it was Queen Esther speaking again. It was amazing what came out of his mouth and he was pleading with them. We have a right to defend ourselves. They are going to annihilate our people if we don't. It's, this is a genocide and I'm like, I'm saying this is like Queen Esther all over again in our generation in, in the times we're living in pleading for mercy that it, we need to, we have to defend ourselves. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah saw the need of his people and he sought God in prayer as God being the only one who could change that situation around. The wall surrounding Jerusalem, which was a symbol of the city or is the symbol of the city of our great God, the dwelling place of God, and it's the center of the world. It's right in the center. The walls had been broken down. And they were burned by fire. The walls were to be a wall of protection, to protect them. But they were also an important physical symbol of the establishment of the Jews as God's people. I'm just reading a commentary here on this. But Nehemiah asked God to listen to his words as he repents for his family, because he knew. We're guilty. You are God of justice, you're holy, you're righteous. We have been rebellious against you. We have not been obedient, we've served other gods. We deserve judgment, but God have mercy on us. I'm gonna pray to you, believing you hear me and believing you wanna answer my prayer and that you're gonna extend mercy in this hour. So he repents for his family, he says, yeah, we're guilty. And his nation's failure. Yeah, we're guilty. It's like what the Lord was showing me today with babies. We we kill our babies here. Yeah. So he repents for failure for keeping God's commandments. And the king granted Nehemiah's request to return and rebuild the walls and the gates of the city. God answered his prayer. So we need to, the point here that we're looking at, the first point that she made in this Bible study, that our delight should be in God. If we're delighted in God, then we're going to love what God loves and we'll hate what he hates. If we're really delighting in him. We're going to love what he loves and hate what he hates. And we know he loves souls, right? He said, I don't desire that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Yeah, that means Hamas and Hezbollah. Mm -hmm. But we should, we know he loves souls, but... We should love what he loves, hate what he hates. Proverbs six sixteen through 19 tells us what he hates. There are six things that the Lord hates. Seven, that are detestable to him. And see if we're not guilty as a nation of these things. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. As we're delighting in the Lord, we'll find that we're starting to agree with what Scripture says we start to agree with what God delights in. But we also agree on what he doesn't delight in. Nehemiah had a revelation of that. I've been reading through Jeremiah and it's very difficult reading through Jeremiah this time around because I keep feeling, I see the headlines as I'm reading through it. But Jeremiah too knew they were guilty Isaiah too knew they were guilty many of the prophets knew God we deserve your wrath we deserve the judgment we're told in the new testament for people that might be listening online saying I refer to the old testament but in the new testament We're told in Hebrews that there is a shaking that's coming and everything that can be shaken will be shaken, so the things that cannot be shaken will remain. So why does God shake these things? Because he knows they're not life. They, They bring death to us. But it's not to leave us there. He wants us to delight in him. We have to see that He's, he comes in this way because he wants us to know him. He wants to reveal himself to us. You see that in the midst of all the judgments in the Old Testament, especially in Egypt, that the people may know that you are God, that the people may know that you are God, that you are the Lord, you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. You always see that ezekiel the same thing that the people would know that you are god he's always wanting to reveal himself to us because he knows we were created for him and he wants us to delight ourselves in him he wants to give himself to him so what we see in the rest of the scriptures that were in that portion of the bible study as our delight is in the lord Someone who is delighting in the Lord will be doing what we read about in Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3 where it says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in a season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. So someone who's delighting in God is also going to be delighting in his word, meditating in it day and night. Psalm 40, verse 8 says, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is in my heart. Someone who's delighting in God delights to do God's will. And even at this times we might struggle with doing God's will. Like, I can't imagine what it must be like living in the Middle East right now. And Jesus told his people, Love your enemies, people that want to annihilate you. I can't even imagine. We catch little attitudes over little things. I mean, this when. <laughs> so we're gonna wrestle at times with God. That what well, I don't want to do this. But by the end of the day, we should be raising that flag, saying, "Lord, not my world, but yours." Be done i'm going to choose to pray for them i'm going to choose to do good to them i'm going to choose to bless them and not curse them why because it's your will you've told me to do that psalm 111 verse 2 someone who's delighting in the lord says the works of the lord are great and studied by all who have in them so someone who's delighting in the the Lord it just we saw that they love his word but they also will study the word they'll get in the word for themselves to see what does God have to say about Israel in the days that we're living in how should I be praying for them I love what Erica posted today I've been seeing it all over Facebook just different people I know just posting different scriptures, specific scriptures how to pray for Israel. And again, we know if we pray according to his will, he'll hear us. So the safest prayers to pray are from the Bible. <laughs> because we could have confidence, you're hearing me right now, I know you're hearing me. Even though I don't see it, even though I don't feel it, surely, like we sang that song, I thought by now you would have come down and But I'm going to praise you in the storm. I'm going to praise you in the storm. So we study the word because we delight in the author. Can't tell you how many times I, I have my time with the Lord and I read the word and I just sit there afterwards and I'm like, I just love your word. I love your word. But the word is God. Jesus is the word made flesh, you know? So yeah, we should love him. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen said, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to make joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. So again, someone who's delighting in God will be eating God's word. And they do bring joy and rejoicing of the heart, no matter how dark it gets. How many of you have been there where it's been dark but you get in the word or you hear the word and all of a sudden it's just like yes
1: yes yes yeah.
0: there's a quote from the Bible study from Jennifer Kennedy Dean I said wow I wonder if she's related to <laughs> she said initially I responded to his call to delight in him to ensure The fulfillment of his promise to give me the desires of my heart. I had no idea that he would give me a new heart. I didn't know that he would begin working in me to reproduce his own heart. When I turned to him, I found that he himself is my very great reward. He is not, as I had supposed, the means to my end. Instead, he's the desire of my heart. The second point there was God delights in our prayers, and we're looking at, again, He hears us. He hears us. The prayers that we pray tonight, He delighted in those prayers. The prayers you pray when you're in your prayer closet, He delights in those prayers. He delights in them. Isaiah 66, 4, as we look at some of these scriptures here, I want you to tell me, what does God delight in and what he doesn't delight in based on these scriptures that are here. So I'm going to have, Diane, can you read Isaiah 66, verse 4?
1: So will I choose their delusions and bring their fears on them, because when I called, no one answered when I spoke. They did not hear, but they did evil before my eyes and chose that which I do not delight.
0: So, when you look at that scripture, what does God delight in?
1: Obedience.
0: Obedience, yeah. What does he not delight in?
1: Disobedience.
0: Disobedience. And as a result of that, what happens? There's delusions there, there's fears there. I'm
1: sure
0: confusion too. And yet he was faithful, he was calling, but there's no answer. He was calling, he spoke, Do you ever wonder why sometimes people are hearing and seeing and some aren't? Hearing and seeing? So let's look at Samuel, and I put the whole context in here. She had like a couple of verses, but I put the whole context because I don't know if we're all familiar with what happened here. But maybe um, 1 Samuel 15 verse 2 through 23 maybe if we could start with brenda and just go around if each one of you can read a paragraph and try to read it loud so we can get it on the recording on this thing here i don't know how this thing works but but yeah brenda if you could read the first paragraph and we'll just go all the way around thus says the lord of hosts i will punish amalek for what he did to israel how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from egypt now go and attack amalek and utterly destroy all they have, and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey.
2: So Paul, Saul gathered the people together and numbered them into lane, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Kenites, go, depart, Get down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, that they utterly destroyed. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from, the, from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul went to Carmel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself. And he has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord.
0: But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears? and the lowering of the oxen which i hear and saul said they have brought them from the amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the lord your god and the rest we have utterly destroyed then saul said samuel said to saul be quiet and i will tell you what the lord said to me last night And he said to him, Speak on. So Samuel said, When you were little in your own eyes, were you not the head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then? Did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you stoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? She's so caught up in the story. (laughs) I'm looking at her. (laughs)
1: And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the, whip, the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agad, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites, but the people took of the plunder, sheep, and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, it Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in the voice of the Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed in the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being made.
0: So when we look at the passage there, what does God delight <coughs> in? Obedience. <coughs> Obedience. That theme is coming up again. What does he not delight in? Disobedience. Disobedience. Isn't it interesting how Saul was blaming the people? So what does that tell you? Partial obe- is partial obedience obedience? No, it's not. It's rebellion. And that's pretty serious, what Samuel said. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry so we're looking at you know god wants us to delight in him and god delights in our prayers but if we're not being obedient if we're being stiff-necked and rebellious does he delight in that no he doesn't And that was a pretty strong rebuke from Samuel. And Samuel took his sword and he went, he chopped up King Aghag for himself. You know, and it just makes you wonder. It's like, who are the descendants of these terrorists? Who are they descendants of from way back when? That would be a good Mm -hmm. study to probe into because Jeff said, we're just speculating here, it's just our opinions. But it was like, I wonder if this ties into any of that, that they spared some. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know, unless you, don't, unless you study it out, you don't know. But it just, you just start asking questions like that. It's like, mm-hmm. because we know that we reap what we sow, right? If we're not being obedient, we're gonna reap that. But if we are being obedient, we reap that, you know, whatever we sow to, whether it's to the flesh or the spirit, that's what we're going to reap, we see in Galatians. So Proverbs 11, verse 20 says, those who are of a perverse heart are an abomination to the Lord, but the blameless in their ways are his delight. So what does God not delight in in this? A perverse heart, mm-hmm. and how would you define a perverse heart? Rebellious, Rebellious. Mm-hmm. wicked, mm-hmm. self-seeking. That's but the blameless in their way, or is it the way? So God delights in those that are walking blameless. And when you look at that word blameless, it doesn't mean you never, ever, 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 ever sin. Mm-hmm. What it means is a person of integrity. When you look at, when uh, in the Gospel of Luke, where it talked about Elizabeth and her husband, that they were blameless, it means they were of, they were people of integrity. They followed the Lord. They wanted to be obedient to him, so they weren't sinless. I mean, none of us is sinless on the side of heaven, but we can be people of integrity that honor God in everything we do and say. So, so there we see God, what He God delights in, and what He does not delight in. In Proverbs fifteen eight, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the right upright. It's his delight. So you're seeing that theme there again. You're seeing what God delights in and what he does not delight in. Hosea 6, 6, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offering. So what is God's God delight in there? a relationship
1: with him. Not just doing the ritual, you know, Knowing the him.
0: Yeah, knowing him. But also... Doing mercy. Mercy from the heart. Andrew Murray again. He said, We may be sure that as we delight in God... I just lost my page. It just went totally crazy. (laughs) As we delight in what God delights in, such prayer is inspired by God and will have its answer. And our prayer becomes unceasingly Thy desires, O my Father, are mine. Thy holy will of love is my will too. I mean, that's when everything's said and done, that should be the cry of our heart. After we've wrestled with God, if he tells us in his word to love your enemies, we wrestle it out, but yet we know, okay, God, I wanna do your will. Deep down, I do wanna do your will. So in the Bible study, she had a testimony here. Um, I'm not going to read through that. It's on page 30. I'll let you read through that when you leave. But I want to jump to the next point where it talks about a prayer to delight in the Lord. That's our next point there. Psalm 73, 25, and 26 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And I have no delight or desire on earth besides you my flesh and my heart may fail but god is the rock and the firm strength of my heart and my portion forever and would to god he will bring us to that place where that just becomes a reality in all of our lives a prayer to delight in the lord in that way matthew hungry says what is the desire of the heart of a good man it is this to know and love and live to god to please him and to be pleased in him so as i was doing that study i thought about this hymn that we used to sing all the time when we were at pure life and i don't know how many of you heard this hymn but it's called himself does anyone know well, I'm going to read the words to you, because this is really what this Bible sums, Bible study sums up, because the whole theme of the chapter is delighting in God. God wants us to delight in him, and we see that in the Old Testament and the New Testament. He's constantly calling us, constantly wanting to give himself to us, but we have to forsake other things to have him in the way that he wants to give himself to us, and what we see too is that when we are obedient to him repenting when we're not I mean really repenting when we're not for being rebellious or stiff-necked or hard-hearted or whatever it might be we can have confidence that God delights in our prayers as we're choosing to follow him in the way that he's telling us to follow him in his word and when we look at this hymn it kind of sums it all up because think about how you came to the lord and as you grew in your walk with the lord how he's changed desires in your heart think about that as we read through this it's once it was the blessing now it is the lord once it was the feeling, now it is his word. Once his gift I wanted, now the giver own. Once I sought for healing, now himself alone. Once twas painful trying, now it's his perfect trust. Once a half salvation now the uttermost once was ceaseless holding but now he holds me fast once was constant drifting now my anchors cast once was busy planning now tis trustful prayer once was anxious caring now he has the care once was what I wanted now what Jesus says once was constant asking now it's his ceaseless praise once it was my working his it hence shall be once I tried to use him now he uses me once the power I want it, now the mighty one. Once for self I labored, now for him alone. Once I hoped in Jesus, now I know he's mine. Once my lamps were dying, now they brightly shine. Once for death I waited, now his coming hail and my hopes are anchored safe within the veil all in all forever only christ i'll sing everything is in christ or in jesus and jesus or christ is everything that's where the lord wants to bring us And we know we're delighting in him when the sentences that are highlighted there are our reality. When those words that are highlighted become our reality inside where we own it, we own it individually for ourselves, we know we're delighting in God. And that's what we were created for created for him in that way. So I think what I'm gonna do is just if we could maybe a few of us close in prayer. Next week, Lord willing, if we're all still here. The chapter is God answers. God's answers. So Maybe some of us can close this out in prayer. And I'm going to shut the recording off because I think it's hard to pick that up. Bye. Bye, whoever's listening.